0: And welcome back to the Music Industry 360 Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa. And today, our topic is tips for reaching out to music venues. And who else could we have on the podcast other than Thomas D. George, who is the owner and general manager of our local venue, Crowbar, here in Tampa. Yep. So, welcome.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me here.
0: Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. It
1: was fun. All right.
0: <laughs> so, um... I'm going to have to pick your brain a little bit because um, the general theme of the podcast is Vanessa doesn't know anything about the music industry, you know, because uh, my background is more like video stuff, you know, and then I got a job in the music industry. So um, it kind of works out because usually artists that are starting out don't know a lot of stuff. So I'm kind of in the same boat as them. So I'm going to start from the top here. So um, what are some tips that you recommend just for an artist who's just starting out and wants to book a gig? You know, what's like a step-by-step process they should do that you recommend?
1: Well, um... Guess I guess it's hard to go in order. I I think it really depends. Like, you have to know what your band is capable of. You know, that's really important. Um, Sometimes I'll have artists approach, you know, and the first thing, you know, they'll say is, hey, we really want to play your club. And I'll say, oh, that's great. You know, how long have you guys been together? Oh, they haven't even had a show yet. And it's like, well, you know, if you haven't even played a show yet, and you're not sure about what your draw is going to be. That's probably your first step is probably not playing a 400-person room. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's important to know what your limitations are. Um, I would suggest if if you're just breaking in to the scene or you just started, it probably starting at smaller venues or open mics. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a good first step. If you're a new band. But you, you have um, band experience where you've been in other bands and you have a following, you have a draw, and, and you think you can fill the room, then, you know, it's, it's you can approach. And there's any number of ways to approach. Um, you could either do it by email um, or you can come in person. I would say first start with an email if you don't hear anything back, you know, you could try to come in person. The The main thing is to know your limitations because, you know, people will say, oh, it's all about the music. I don't care about the money. But venues do have to make money to survive. And the last thing you want to do sure, is, yeah. is get your foot in the door and then come in and th- five people show up, you know. Right. Um, it's going to be hard to get a second gig if that happens. So um, be persistent. Get in there, and then once you're in there, you know, try to um, produce the numbers. Another really good way, and I tell a lot of bands this, that they'll say, "Hey, you know, we really want to get in. What do we have to do?" A lot of venues don't want to put, you know, I'll say to the band. Well, do you have other bands you can perform with? You know, do you know what do you want to do? And they want you to do all the work. It, it's it's a lot easier to approach a, a a booking agent or a manager or a venue owner and already have if. A full lineup, you know, to say, hey, I got these three other bands we're gonna play with. It's a whole lineup. Each one of us can bring like 30 or 40 people, and we're just looking for a date around this time. Make it make it easy on the venue. Um, and if you don't know anybody, go to the band's um either website or social media and look for bands that have already played there. Sometimes it's easier to actually, instead of reaching out to the venue, reach out to bands that you see. Oh, well, band XYZ has played there. I see over these past few months, they've played there twice. So I'm going to call them and say to them, hey, listen, you know, you play there. Is there any way we can jump on a gig with you and try to, you know, network through the different artists that have performed at that venue already? Well, that's I didn't a good think about way to that, get into
0: yeah.
1: yeah, that's usually, I mean, if if you don't know the other local bands in town, you need to know them anyway. So networking through other artists is really probably the easiest, fastest way to get into a venue. You know, but I, I would stress to, to different artists, like start where you, you know, start with the smaller rooms, know your limitations and try to build into the bigger venues. So you're always keeping um, the different venues that you're going to happy.
0: So, do you have people? Um, so, when you're saying how they should email, um, do they just send like samples of their music, saying like, "Hey, you know, we're a, a local rock band, or we're a local like electronic band"? You yeah, know, I like- mean,
1: usually, usually the the best thing to do is to d- provide a short bio. Okay. Um, and then you can provide links to whatever you got. If it's if it's your Facebook page or a little EPK kit or whatever, you know, just provide the links. that You definitely don't want to. Um, it's just like when you're looking for a job with a resume, if it's, if it's too wordy and too long, a lot of the times, cause people have stacks of stuff, they just, it ends up in the mm. trash or somewhere. I would keep it short to the point, um, a bio, a picture and whatever links you have that are going to show the venue, you know, what you're capable of. A lot of places, the person that's getting it might not necessarily be the person that's going to book you, mm. but if it looks professional, then they'll forward it to right either their in-house person or like I deal with probably at this point, it's more than it's ever been probably about 20 different promoters. And so even if I'm not looking for something, I know that those promoters, especially if they're bringing me a lot of touring stuff, they're constantly looking for fresh local talent to open these tours. Mm -hmm. I will forward that contact to all of them and say, Hey, listen, this person looks pretty professional. If you're looking for somebody for this type of music to open up for any of your tours, you know, you might want to consider them. And they take that and it's, it, you know, if you do the right job that that contact could go to not just to that one place, it could be forwarded to 20 or 30 different people.
0: Okay, so this is something that I don't know either. Um, What are the expected costs, you know, like what should the artist expect to be paid, you know, but then also what should they expect to have to bring, that's like all great, this stuff?
1: That's a great question. The, the, okay. If you're a band... um. And once again, this is just my opinion. Well, some of it's my opinion, some of it's fact. What you should expect to pay, it, it, I always tell people, like, if you're coming into a room, I, I feel a good uh, way to gauge what your expense would be is based upon the venue's capacity. Um, if a place holds 100 people, their overhead isn't going to be nearly as much as if a place holds 1,500. You know now this is and this is a you know cuz there's plenty of different deals you can encounter but if you're strictly looking to put on an event and you go to a place and say we would love to get into your space how much it is is it to rent your room you i I feel that the venue like to to rent crowbar usually our rental fee is anywhere between 25 and 500 or 250 and $500 our capacity is 400 so that that the rental fee should really be within that window of how many police, how many people the place can hold. So if it's a bigger place that holds like 1500 people, you should probably expect to pay anywhere between 1500 and 2000 because bigger places are going to have more costs. You know, you have, you're going to have to have more security guards. You're going to have to have a more qualified sound engineer because it's a bigger room. So and and that goes back to when I was saying that the artists should really know their limitations because you don't want to get into a situation where you're renting a 400-person room and paying all that extra money if you're only going to draw 50 people, you know. And if the venue's being fair, like I'm not in the habit of, you know, trying to rip people off because I want to see all the local artists mm-hmm. do well. Um, if the venue's being fair, all they're really charging for rent is to cover – their based operation cost which is what i do now that being said that's why it's important that the that the artist knows that they can draw because i'm not you know by charging that little bit of money i'm not really making any money unless you produce some customers to come in yeah and um and spend money in the bar if 20 or 30 people show up i'm not i'm not doing well you know
0: okay so i must just be really um out of the loop then because um it was my understanding like you reach like an agreement that the artist also gets um, paid for performing, you know, but I'm used to going to like concerts, you know. So Well, thinking,
1: uh, a lot of the local bands, it's, they do get paid. They get paid when they rent the room, then they get the door.
0: Oh, okay. You know, so okay. if that's they do, about. Okay. if they do
1: like 250 people mm-hmm. and they charge $10 then that's 2,500 okay, bucks. Okay, that makes sense. Now, and that's, once again, there's plenty of different examples. You were asking me about if a band like approaches me to use my room. If, if, I, if I seek out a band and I go, wow, this band's really good, I want to have them at my place, then the rules are reversed. I'd have to give, make them an offer based on how many people I think that they're going to bring into the building. If an artist is approaching me wanting to play my room and looking for a date, usually they're going to rent the space. Okay. If I'm seeking them out, then it's, it, like I said, it's a completely different situation.
0: So, like, videos and photographers, so do they need to um, have special permits to bring them in to get, you know, the the footage they want to use, like, on social media and stuff?
1: Well, if – if uh, the only time that there's really video or photographer restrictions is, you know, if, if it's a local show and and um, the artists want to bring them in, that's totally fine with me. The only time there would ever be restrictions if it's a touring show and in the contract they, they – have to have credentials to be permitted in. A lot of the touring artists, they want to know who's filming in them and and, and who's taking pictures of them. So sometimes there's special permits for that. Um, Not so much on my level at this point because we are a smaller venue and everybody can take their phones out at any point now and get some pretty good footage of whoever they want. Um, I do know that bigger venues um sometimes they're a little bit stricter but once again they they usually separate it out to perfect, quote unquote professional photography.
0: So you mentioned earlier about like the um the sound um the soundboard and stuff like that. So what I don't know if it depends on the uh, the venue but like what does what is the venue responsible for providing and what should the artists be providing for their performance?
1: I mean every place is different. There are some places that have no you know, they just have a stage and they don't have a PA. Okay, and so wow. then the artists would have to bring all their equipment with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a full PA at the bar. So the only thing artists ever usually need to bring is their instruments in their, their cabinets. Okay. And we provide like the full sound system that all their music comes out of. And um, microphones and, nice. and the lights and everything else. Um if the venue's professional enough, usually you can go on their website and it'll tell you, like their tech specs will be right on the website. Like okay. Bands could look for that. Um, or sometimes you just, you know, you just walk in and you ask them when you come mm-hmm. in. Um, coming in the middle of a, like directly in the middle of a concert isn't always great. I always mm-hmm. tell artists to try to, if they can, try to come in the afternoon a lot of places take in their deliveries and stuff in the afternoon. You might be able to get to bend somebody's ear um, when they're already not in the middle of a of a full room and stuff like that.
0: Oh, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. When you're trying to, you know, get something booked, you know, don't yeah. bother them while they're super busy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you would think it'd be uh, um, common sense, but yeah. not always. You know? Well,
1: a lot of times, too, they're, they're just, you know, especially if you're coming to a place like Ybor City and you're trying to get your foot in the door, it's easier It's easier to come at night because you go, well, all these places are open. I'm just going to pop around. It's just easy isn't always the most effective way of doing things. You know what I mean? So if you're being serious about it, you should really, you know, like you said, use some common sense and go, okay, this is going to be a lot harder because a lot of these places won't be open yet. But the the few that I do catch there, they're probably going to have a lot more time to pay attention to me than if I would have came in the middle of the night.
0: So, yeah, they, if, they're, if an artist is trying to book a gig somewhere, they should just um, either look on the website or ask in the email or ask in person, like, hey, you know, what equipment do you include and do you include security, you know, what gear, so that you're fully prepared, right. basically.
1: Okay. And be persistent.
0: Yeah.
1: Because you're going to get a lot of the times, like, and I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it, I do it. Bands will hit me up and I'll go, you know, I'll talk to them. I'll be like, listen, want to get you in here. Calendar's really full. I'll try to get you in here and then a million other things come up and I don't think about it. And, you know, you got to be persistent. Don't be afraid to become, you know, a pain in the butt because it's eventually I'm going to go, okay, this guy's asked me three times now. I, you know, and and I would, if if there's any venue people listening, I would tell them too, and be honest. If If I tell bands all the time, if they show up and I know flat out, that they are just too small still to play the room, I will tell them, I'll say, listen, here's the thing. No, you want to play here, but you should play this, this, this place first. And then come back to me when, when you're ready to play this room. Um, well, you should like
0: recommend some like other exactly. places. Exactly. And so recommend it. I
1: try to help them that way, but I'm always honest mm-hmm. with them. So from the venue standpoint, the venue should be honest. But once again, like if I'm being honest with an act and I say, I'm going to get you in here, I'm being honest with them so that act should be persistent because if I'm you know if I'm a venue and I'm saying yeah I'm gonna get you in be persistent because I am I might just be super busy the more you follow up with it the more likely I'm gonna be to get you in there sooner than than waiting and waiting and waiting you know
0: I'm getting a little deja vu from uh, a recent ep- uh, podcast episode with Ray Roa from mm-hmm. Creative Loafing uh, Ray we used to, to a- work for me Oh, yeah? hmm oh, the he, masquerade. He may have mentioned that when we did a brief... I uh, taught Ray
1: everything he knows <laughs> about everything. <laughs>
0: uh, but he said the same thing about when reaching out to press, you know, people should be persistent. And mm-hmm. also with the emailing, too, you know, have it be short and concise, have a bio, have a picture, all that stuff. So it's just interesting, you know, like you when you're reaching out to press, you can also reach out uh, to venues, you know. Like it's it's constantly communicating and, and pushing and, and like you said, networking, you yeah. know, it's, it's, you should always be on the go. On you the really
1: grind, do. You <laughs> have to, you, you can't just, the only way to get your foot in the door is kick down doors sometimes. You, yeah. get, you just have to be persistent. You have to be, you know, you want to be polite, but there's nothing wrong with being aggressive. I mean, but yeah, Ray, Ray worked for me, um, back when this is a funny story about Ray he's going to get mad that I told him. Well, he, I don't know if he'll get mad he's going to be like oh tom you told this story but so when ray first broke into the business his one of, i think it was probably his very first job was working for me over at the masquerade which is now the ritz theater it used to be right. called the the masquerade which i ran for like 5 or 6 years before i opened crowbar in 2006 he worked security for me there and i used to um you know, some shows over there, we'd have 20, 30 security guards. So I'd go, okay, Ray, here's where I want you. And I'd put them watching a door or something. And so finally one day he said to me, he goes, Hey man, I just want to know, why do you always put me over here? Why don't you ever give me the exciting jobs like watching the mosh pit or, or being in the bear cam? I was just like, Ray, cause you'd get killed. You'd get killed <laughs> just watch this door for me, buddy. And, uh, he was just like, oh, man, that hurts my feelings. I was like, you'll be all right. <laughs> but look at that. He started watching Doors. Now look how far he's gotten now. Yeah, that absolutely. was one of the main guys out here with career loafing.
0: You know, I was just thinking how I didn't, because uh, usually I ask our guests to um, to give like a brief like career overview. So, I mean, you just mentioned now um, the Ritz and everything, but, you know, um, uh, tell our listeners. Well,
1: yeah, you know. <laughs> well, the same thing, you know, like Ray started working for me. What I did was I went to Penn State University. I was a major in criminal justice um but like most college kids while I was going to school I had to work while I was taking my classes so I could support myself and and have spending money so a lot like a lot of college kids I was at Penn State and I started working bouncing in bars in the first bar I got a job at out there was called Crowbar huh. in Penn State um, it was a very big <laughs> concert venue out there for many years and um Worked there, and then after I graduated, I was going to go into the police academy, and I was like, you know, I really, you know, in the two and a half years I had worked over at Crowbar, I had gotten some, you know, um, moved up the ladder there from, you know, door guy to to bar back to a floor supervisor to management position. So I had already moved up the ladder there, but I was also getting um, work at um, the the Bryce Jordan Center, which would be similar to – What's the, the, the stadium here?
0: Oh, uh, Emily Yeah, Arena? it would be similar to Emily yeah, Arena. Okay. It's like a
1: 30,000 person place. And I ran all the security for the floor there for for shows like Metallica and um, Guns N' Roses and Kiss Concert there. So anyway, I was doing all this stuff. When I graduated, I was like, well, I'm going to put out some resumes. I really like doing this. I got hired at the Masquerade that, in Atlanta. And then after two and a half years with them, they transferred me here to the one that was here in Tampa. And then when that closed in 2006, that's when I opened Crowbar. So I spent a lot of time working in the business before I, you know, opened up my own place. But once you, once, once you start doing, I think it's in your blood. I don't think there's any way around it, whether it's, you know, starting a security or, or working in, um, the press like Ray does, um, or in management i mean this this business it's if it's in your blood you want to do it for the rest of your life so yeah, there absolutely. is to it
0: yeah um so your um your story about ray made me want to ask you like what are some stories you have like art like I don't, I don't want to say like nightmares like with um um artists and stuff but like what what are some interesting stories about like mistakes that artists have made when they've been trying to book or like ones that have booked or like in a mistake they made while performing you know like just anything that sticks out
1: I mean, I don't know if you call it mistakes. I, I mean, I've worked with a lot of different artists over the years, so I, I guess they're not mistakes. Um, and I do have a lot of funny stories. I don't know how many are appropriate. I don't know who this podcast <laughs> goes to, um, but I could tell you. I mean, I have a lot of them. I, that we, um, the original crowbar that was in state college, um. We, we had one time, we were doing a show with um, Joan Jett and the Black Arts, and uh, she showed up for her set and walks in, goes into the green room, and when she got in there, there was this special haagen Doss ice cream that was on her rider, and she was like, it's not in there, I'm not going on stage until I get my ice cream. So she went back on her bus, we were all like, oh my god, what the heck, so we sent this poor kid, Joe Kluber um out to go find this ice cream and he ended up driving around state college pennsylvania for about 45 minutes trying to find this ice cream he finally found it comes back we got the ice cream she gets off her bus looks picks up the ice cream sees that we have it put it back down goes on stage and now she went on an hour later than she's supposed to so there's you know the crowds like had been waiting they're not happy there's a thousand people um gets up there does her set Goes was back off stage. Goes right back to her bus. Never even touched the ice cream.
0: After all of that, they didn't even <laughs> oh my touch God. it.
1: And this poor kid, he ate the ice cream himself. I was like, Joey, eat the ice cream yourself. You you did this. Um,
0: it's so weird. <laughs> we
1: had a situation one time, um, with Insane Clown Posse that they performed at that same venue, um, and they come in the night before, and they ran up a big bar tab. And we're drinking. So all your bartenders out there, no matter who it is, get their credit card first. They ran up this enormous bar tab. And then afterwards they got done drinking and they says, Oh, by the way, you know, your stage doesn't fit the contract requirements. We're not gonna play tomorrow. And they went and got back on their tour bus. And so I was the floor supervisor at the time. I said to my general manager, what what are we supposed to do? He says, well, they're not going to leave till tomorrow. I'm going to talk to them. We're going to try to sort it out. So the next day I come back in and the bus is gone. I said to my general mayor, I said, well, what, what happened? He says, well, they said they refused to play. I didn't know what else to do. You're going to have to, um, you're just going to have to at the door, just explain to people that, you know, their tickets are refundable and then they're not going to reform or perform. And I don't know if you know anything about Insane Clown Posse, but their fans are absolutely crazy Crazy, yeah so i'm sitting there i'm thinking this is bullshit yeah so um my and my gm ended up not even being there that night he had disappeared somewhere so i was sitting there with myself and one of the other security guards we are the only two people there there's a line all the way around the block and i ended up seeing the contract this is not a good story for anybody looking about the industry by the way this is just a funny story that um that's very funny and very bad. But anyway, I found the contract on the desk. This is a long time ago, by the way. This is still when people use payphones and stuff. And so I found the contract and I found the um, tour manager's name on the contract. I wrote a sign at the front door and said, I'm very sorry. Insane Clown Posse is not going to be here tonight. We're upset about it. It was, well, you know, if you have any questions, you should call this number. This is their tour manager. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he'd be happy to hear from you. And... um but yeah, so everybody went right to the corner and they're on the cell phones. Well, within probably five minutes, the, the phone right next to the front door is ringing. I, Hello, you know, Crowbar. This is so-and-so within St. Clown Posse. I don't know. And I can't say exactly what he was saying because, once again, <laughs> I don't know what kind of podcast this is. But he was very angry and he's telling me, we are, you know, I think it was something like, we are... 30,000 strong, we will burn your place to the ground because they're supposed to, their whole thing was that they were supposed to be like basically gangbangers. And the reason why they painted their face like clowns was because their identity couldn't be known, which very well could be true. I don't know. I haven't, but um, yeah, anyway, he was really mad. And I would just kept on saying, oh, I'm sorry. I got bad connection. I can't hear you. And I would hang up on him. But um, yeah, that was a funny one. Um, yeah I got a million of them I mean we'd be here for oh, three yeah. we'd be here for for a hundred hours probably with some of the outrageous stuff
0: alright right. so bring to bring it back then so artists are looking to book a venue like well don't do any of that like that you were just talking about like don't right. you know don't make ridiculous demands sure you know <laughs> so, exactly but like uh, so to summarize you know, on a local
1: level I mean I would just say to sum it up as as briefly as possible if you, on a local level If you're just trying to get your foot in the door, you have to be persistent, you have to be humble, and you have to be professional. Those, I mean, those are, that's, and you have to, you know, realize that you're going to probably get a lot of no's before you get the yes. Don't quit. Just keep being persistent and, you know, keep pursuing what you want to do, but, and and be honest with yourself. You know, start with, you know, you might want to play you know, the Ritz theater or something. But if you know that, that, that the most you're going to get is, is 50 people, you got to start at the coffee shop, start small, work your way up. I mean, that's just, it's how life works with just about everything. You know, you start at a smaller position and eventually you graduate. If you continue with hard work and, and you're talented enough, you'll graduate to the point where where you get into the bigger opportunities?
0: Yeah, I mean that's the only way to start getting exposure. You just right. got to get out there and start performing wherever, right? You know that you can get booked. You take and then, yeah right.
1: You take what you you take the opportunities that that are reciprocated back to you mm-hmm. through your persistence, and you make the most of them mm-hmm. so you can get more opportunities. You know that's probably the best advice I can give.
0: Um, there is one extra point here that I forgot to mention. Um, once all that is done and everything is booked. Um, who promotes the event? Like both? Or, you know? <laughs>
1: well, once again, that's... It,
0: depends you on know, who reaches it, out. It depends on who
1: you reach out to. Yeah. You know, because it, like I said, it, it, just as much as the, the artist needs to be professional, the venue needs to be professional. So I would say that it, depending on the situation, if, if you're the artist and you're reaching out and you're renting the venue... Technically you should be promoting the show too, but if the venue is worth anything and they're professional, they're going to tell you, listen, when you've created this stuff, you know, like if they create an event page, I'm going to tell them, please send that to me because whoever does my social media, or if I do it myself, I am going to be sharing this, you know, it should really be a partnership where we're helping each other, you know, um, If, if, if you're the local artist and you've rented the room and you print posters, the venue should be willing to hang those posters. I wouldn't say that you should rely on the venue to distribute them all over town for you, but the venue should at least put the posters up at the venue, you know, Um, even though it's, it's, it's the artist's event, it's, it's at my venue. So it's, it behooves me just as much to help you promote it as much as I can, you know, um, so the only thing I would say is you also have to remember that as the artist, you have one show to promote because I have had this happen where I say, listen, give me your stuff. I'll share it. I'm going to get it out there and I'll help you through my circle as much as I can. And then the show will be like, you know, seven weeks out and they'll go, I haven't seen you do anything for me. Why don't you do anything for me? Listen, buddy, chill out for a <laughs> second, right? Because you have one show. I've got 60 concerts on my calendar right now. So we, as a, and once again, that's what, you know, you have to know who you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You know, as a venue, generally what we do is once the show's announced, we do a blast when it's announced. And then as we're building towards it, more frequency comes, you know, so you you see it at the different times leading up. So you really just have to know the venue you're dealing with. And it doesn't hurt to ask too. If you're booking the room, you need to say, listen, you know, I'm booking the room, but I'm gonna do an event page. I'm gonna print posters. Would you mind sharing this for me? Is that something you do? Can I put these posters up when we come? You know, con- communication is key. Just know what you're getting into, and and you know what, if 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 you've booked this room and they tell you, listen, you know, I'm gonna charge your rental fee, and I'm gonna cover the sound guy, the gear, and the security for you and they're not willing to, you know, help with any sort of um, advertising for you, you know, you could check that off. And then the next room you go to, if you see that, well, this other room does it for me, maybe that's the better room to go with. The whole thing's a business. You got to yeah. look out for yourself, too, and make sure that you're happy with what you're getting from the venue, you know?
0: Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah. Think about all that goes into it. But yeah, just... uh it keeps sticking with me. You said like be be persistent, you know. You have I'm to. Just, yeah. The, to, to make it, yeah. You have to because yeah.
1: you have to remember too, there's another thousand of you mm-hmm. out there trying to do the same exact thing you're doing. Like I said, I can only speak for myself. I And I do think that as far as a lot of the different business owners slash general managers, I'm one of the better ones. You know, I actually care about the business. I care about the artists coming in some of these dudes don't give a shit about anybody. They just look at it and go, I have to make as much money as possible, you know? And 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 like I said, there's that's true too. Venues, brick and mortar places, in order to stay open, you have to make money. Luckily, I actually care about the business. So I try to see both sides of that where I go, you know what, I want to make money. But at the same time, I want to help the community grow. I want to help these young artists. So I, I try to look at both things.
0: You know, yeah, find that that balance. Right. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, that covers all my uh, all my notes here. Is there anything else you uh, wanted to add that we may not have covered? Mm-hmm. I think that's about it. I had a good time. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, do you have did you want to give like a uh, an email or anything? Like if people are looking sure. to uh, book with Crowbar, sure. you know, they can contact my,
1: my email is tomcrowbarlive at Gmail dot com. That's C-R-O-W-B-A-R, live, L-I-V-E, at gmail.com. Um, and that, for me personally, I prefer email. That is great. Send the email. If you don't hear anything back, wait a couple weeks, send another email. And then, so I've and this works too. And then if you don't hear anything back, show up in person and go, hey, I sent you an email. You know, did, I didn't hear anything back. I go, oh, what was your name? Start up a conversation with me. You know, put a face then where where the name was. I go, oh, okay. But don't you show know. up during a show. But don't show <laughs> yeah. up during a show. It's a bad move. Yeah. Just come right. in the afternoon.
0: All right. That sounds good. All right. Well, to uh, segue into our wrap-up chat... Um, Some upcoming events with Symphonic. Um, February 23rd is our very first music industry sessions in Puerto Rico. Um, We've had one in Tampa and we've had a couple in New York, but now we're going to have one in uh, Puerto Rico along with a live music showcase too. So um, keep an eye out for that on our social media. Uh, and then we're also going to be heading to Folk Alliance in Kansas City, the 10th Annual Guild Awards, uh, which is the biggest licensing award show, Nice. Uh, South by Southwest in March, which Ooh, we go to every year. I want to yep. go to South by
1: Southwest.
0: <laughs> Who Pick doesn't, me. right? Pick me. <laughs> and uh, the winter, uh, winter Music Conference, which actually we're going to have our own panel slash talk and networking event there. So with all those, just uh, keep an eye out on um, Symphonic Socials you know, for more info on all that. And uh, so, Tom, I'm going to have to put you on the spot again. This is what I do to every person. But mm. um, since we are a music podcast, uh, what music are you currently listening to?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you. I like just about everything. I couldn't tell you um, a specific artist that, I, that I'm listening to right now. I really, it just depends on my mood. I can listen to a lot of country. Um, I think people know I like hip hop. Um, I can tell you w- one thing, and this is going to shock people. People looking at me um, think that I'm like this big metal head. I don't <laughs> listen to a lot of metal music. And mostly, like if we have to ask somebody to leave the bar or not allow them in for some reason, that's the first thing people go, okay, whatever, slayer guy. That's like the first thing that they that they try to attack me with. So, yes, I don't listen to a lot of metal. I have listened to some metal but mostly, I, I'm I like um, hip hop, um, country, and a lot of folk, and like all country type stuff. So, and usually, to be honest with you, too, like it, it, when I am, I mean, other than you know, when I'm at work, I'm always listening to music. But when I'm in my free time, I'm listening to music. It's usually when I'm driving around, mm-hmm. because you know everybody listens to music when they're driving around. When I'm home, I try to make it as quiet as possible but when i am driving around listening to stuff it's almost always local artists or or other touring artists that i've had at the bar that i have on my playlist well, shout out too. to have gun will travel love <laughs> your guys' stuff i yeah. do listen to them a lot
0: they're my friends Aww. <laughs> I was going to say, it makes sense to listen to local artists too, or like upcoming, just so if they do reach out or if you want to sure. reach out to them, you're familiar yeah, with their music like homework, already. So you know, <laughs> and that,
1: that's, thing. I mean, if I, if, if, if you're local and I'm listening to you and then I, I see other local artists that, that are similar, you know, it's just, it, um, it helps open up the opportunities, uh, for me too, when I'm trying to fill dates, you know, I go, oh, that band was really good. Let me reach out to them you know and like we said that's the other end of the spectrum i'll reach out to other artists and offer them you know either a guarantee or some sort of door deal or a split you know and 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 work it out that way so do
0: you usually like um haggle back and forth with stuff like not that not a or? whole
1: lot okay. i mean i'm i'm not really a haggle i'll go listen this is what i can do you know, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I don't usually like, well, I'll try to do this and see what I get. I'll say, this is what I can do. It makes sense. And then if that doesn't work and they, you know, they might make one offer like, well, can we try it like this? I go, yeah, sure. We try it like that. You know, I'm, I'm pretty easy. I'm either going to say yes or no.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what well, are you
1: currently listening to? <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Now yeah, I'm putting yeah. you on the spot.
0: I know, it's it's difficult for me every time because, like, I usually just listen to my, you know, just my favorites all the time because I, I'm still old school. Like, I still buy music on iTunes and I have yeah. it on my phone and I just kind of listen to that. So I listen to a lot of Muse. Um, I have some old, like, uh, 80s rock that I like to listen yeah. to, like yeah, Aerosmith, like Def Leppard, you know. And oh, just, yeah. Like big hair bands. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> big hair
1: bands, grunge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, now that you mm-hmm. said now I'm thinking about it too. I love all that yeah. stuff. Yeah.
0: But I also was into like you know '90s pop and stuff because that sure. was like the era I grew in. So you know it's it's that's yeah, fun. It's like you said, you know I I like a variety of stuff. So I used to just listen to my random playlist that I have on my yeah. You know, Apple it really music. just <laughs> I
1: think it just depends. I mean, it, it's how I am at least. I like it all. It just really depends on my mood. Like I like yeah. listen to funk and soul. You know, I mean, um, we you know we have a record player at home, and that's what we'll oh, nice. sit there and listen to old records. Me and my wife and. You know, just really depends on what we're in the mood for. Yeah. Throwing some beastie boys, rage against the machine, you know.
0: Yeah. Just well, depends. that's what's amazing about it is that there's everything is out there for whatever your, your mood, whatever you want to listen to. So yeah. All right. <laughs> so I think that uh that covers everything. So awesome. thanks again, Tom, for being on. Thanks you know, for I think, having I me. Here. I love coming here. I think this will be really helpful for a lot, especially a lot of our local artists who that are just looking to get started. You know, so you'll probably get like a wave (laughs) of requests based on this. You know, good Uh, and hopefully we can you know help some some people. Absolutely. So that's what our podcast is about. You know, we just try to educate and try to help. You know, however we can. So, but uh, all right, guys. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.
1: See you later.